Welcome to The Catch. A place where people can share their stories of how they were caught to be set free. Where each story points to the big story. The message of the cross. Hey everybody, welcome to The Catch. My name's Cheryl. My name is Ryan and today we have Cynthia Malone. How you doing Mrs. Malone? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. So excited to be here. Well, we really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to tell your story with us. Um, before we get started, though, we kind of want to talk a little bit about how we know you. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so Mrs. Malone is the wife of one of the greatest coaches to ever walk the earth, um, Coach Chip Malone. He was my basketball coach, my brother's basketball coach, and he was yes. really one of the greats. Anybody in the Georgia area knows who he is, and and his legacy, um, him speaking, you know, positivity into our lives and and teaching us how to be men and also learning, you know, how to win games as well. You know, he was he was amazing. And, and that's how we got a chance to get to know who you are, because, you know, right. seeing you at all the basketball games right beside him all the time. So that was amazing. Uh, just seeing you by his side during all that time. So, um, Thank yeah, you. It's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's and now we have you on our podcast and we kind of just want to know more about your story. So if you would like to give our listeners just a little background of where you grew up and. Okay. Else. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. I'd love to. Um, I am the daughter of an educator, school teacher. My, my parents met at Fort Valley State University. So uh, the Reed family, <laughs> my family actually met each other long before we met each other. And so I love how God does that and weaves that tapestry and brings things together. Um, I am a Georgia girl and this Georgia peach married someone from Mississippi. And um, we raised our children here. My mom taught at the school where Coach Malone actually taught fifth grade. He was a fifth grade teacher by day and a coach. Um, uh, we used to say junior high school, a middle school coach uh, <laughs> in the evening. And um, I, I was, you know, being the teacher's kid, you know, you're always put on preachers and teachers children. I always put on a, a little bit of a, a, a different plane of sort of kind of thing. But you know, we're, we're just human. We are who we are. We do the same things. We like to go out and play. We eat, we have fun, we make mistakes. So, you know, we, we don't want that, that pedestal under us. We want the opportunity to live our lives and be who we are. And mm -hmm. and the thing about that is, is Cheryl, I, I was not that kid that how do I say this? Because I want to be friendly to your audience, but I want you to know I'm very real. Okay. Yes. Right. I couldn't be married to Coach Malone for 30 years and not be right. So. Oh, no. Hey, trust me. I, I know. <laughs> okay. So it's real. So I, I didn't drink it. I didn't smoke it. I didn't sleep with it. And I didn't go to the clinic for it. Okay. So I happened to be one of those young ladies that I thought was a typical boring can't get out of the front door type young ladies. And I thought that was a problem and an issue because I couldn't relate, I thought, to a lot of people who saw me differently and didn't give me the opportunity or allow the opportunity to just be me. Mm -hmm. I knew how to be a friend. And, and, and the thing about it, I knew how to be a friend and it, I could feel it. I see them now sometimes at the grocery market and I look in their eyes and they look at me and they have that wonder in their eyes. And I'm thinking, it's okay. I remember, but it's okay. It's, it's all right. I am um, cause I needed the same God to come into my life, to, to bless me, to teach. I needed the same God to save me because they had no idea 
you know, in certain cultures, we say what goes on in this house stays in this house. Mm -hmm. And that got, right. so I was in a home of, of dysfunction and some mental illness because as good and pleasant and sweet and loving as my dad was, he had some mental problems, mental illness. You wouldn't know it. He was a, a dean's list. He's a walking calculator, mm -hmm. just a great guy, soft-spoken, would do anything he could for you in any way. You know, this. he said, oh, you need some? Okay. You know, we're like, wait, wait, hold on. <laughs> you know, just a great guy. But he was diagnosed um, bipolar, mm. uh, manic depressant. I'm not finished with schizophrenic tendencies. Can we say what a mess? It was a volatile cocktail. But outside of that, outside of the door, you wouldn't know it. Thankfully, you know, we talk a lot in, in the word of God about generational things and generational curses and that kind of thing. And I saw these kinds of things from other family members. And I thought, no, thank God I had a mom that taught me the things that I needed to know because, you know, you can teach the word, but we have to apply something to that word as well. It's, it's that soil. And then we have to water it for that seed to develop. And, and thankfully she taught me how to handle that and how that warfare would be and what I would need to do sometimes. And for me, as, as the only child, I would be the only child, right? And as the only child, it, it was a struggle because I wanted to please so much. Mm. You know, you want to please mom, you want to please dad. Then you've got the other arena out there that you're trying to be a part of. And I had to choose. I had to pick a team. And I'm thankful to God that I, I picked that that team, that right team. Mm -hmm. I really like how you said that your mom was there to kind of guide you through that and to have that support. Just mm -hmm. the honesty of this person has this problem and just being yes. open now about mental illness. Because I think back... Back in the day, I don't think people had the no. knowledge of mental health uh, like they do now right. and to have the support. But right. I'm just glad that you had that person in your life to guide you through that. Thank right. you. Me too, because, you know, in, in that day and every, like they said, everything that goes on in this house stays in the house. Mm -hmm. And they had a terminology in the old day that they would say, well, they're they are touched. You know, they're special or they're touched. And and truly enough, they are. But and I, I can, you know, see that, you know, and I would see that. And and I saw that instance once with one of my children. And and it was before I really knew the word. You know, we were raised to be certain. We were taught to be a certain way. But I didn't have a scripture that matched it. Right. <laughs> you know? right. It's like I know what the word is when I hear it, but I didn't know there was a scripture that went with it. So mm -hmm. you living in accordance with what is called being taught the right way. Or, or So when my daughter came through the room, I looked at her. And I saw a certain look on her face before she was able to correct that look on her face. And the only thing I could think of was I will bruise his head with my heel. I walked over, of course, I'm always in the kitchen. I walked over to the kitchen and I raised my foot literally and put it to the ground and said, you can't have my child. Mm. You know, there, there is there is a warfare, there is a word. And when we work that word, and apply that word, it does work for us. Mm -hmm. It does work for us. So luckily, I, I I say luckily, luckily I was able to live with somebody that um, that if he did not open the door and was in church every day, he was a believer because his mom was the, the his mom was the president's daughter. You can imagine oh, that wow. was like, oh yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. He was the founder and first president. My husband's grandfather was the founder and first president 
of Mississippi Valley State University. Oh, wow. So, he didn't ever tell us that, man. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get That's right. The founder and first president of Valley State to the point wow. he could lift the blinds from his bedroom window and look across the street at what now is the. Uh, I think it's called Totten Rice. This is where Jerry Rice went to right. school. Is there the stadium is right across the street, but. He got a full ride at Jackson State University, so he went to JSU, and and um, when he went there, that was the era of of Walter Payton and Jackie Slayton, uh, that that group, you know. So, oh yeah, they teased him all the time. He said, "Did you get your hand on the ball?" You know. <laughs> I know, right? And he was at, at. We probably didn't tell you. He was on his way, right? He was on his way to the pros and got hurt in an All Star game. He had a knee injury that ended his career. Come on now. Yes, a knee injury. That's the first time he'd been in the hospital ever. And he said, well, he decided then, and this is what motivates us to move, being athletes, you know, sometimes right. we pull it up from somewhere. And what motivated him was he said, well, if I can't play the game, I'll coach it. Mm. That's how he ended up being a coach. He came into Warner Robins and when he came, he had this afro that sat on this on his shoulders and his <laughs> was up in there somewhere, you know. And I had right. no interest in Mr. Malone, but I went to <laughs> no interest. Did I mention I was gonna probably be real? And right. um, I was going to see my mommy. She was in third grade over at Lindsay Elementary. And when we went into Lindsay, the irony of that was it was right back in the days of desegregation. So I was one of only three African-American students in that entire school. The um, other two were sisters, another school teacher's daughters. And so when I went in, I was going to see my mom and um, I was otherwise involved at one time. And so was he, which, you know, it also alluded to the lack of interest on my part. And, um, I was standing at the fountain and he brought his students in from for break. Oh no, recess. For recess. recess. <laughs> and, um, and he tapped me on my shoulder and I turned to look and he was standing on the opposite side. That guy. Oh mm -hmm. man. And he said, he asked me if I would like to, to go for lunch, to have lunch. And I said, I said, no. And, and because in my mind, I was thinking, Mr. Malone does lunch. <laughs> and so um, and he asked again, he said, asked me if I was sure. And I said, well, yeah, no, that's that. I, we can we can do lunch. And um, we, we dated each other and planned a wedding. We, we kind of almost met, dated and planned a wedding in five months. And we're wow. 30 years. Don't try that at home. <laughs> that was one of them when you know you know type of thing. One of those when you know yeah. you know, and um, and that's one of the things I was thinking about too. In my heart, I wanted to mention. I get especially during the month of February, which is Heart and Stroke Awareness Month. I get a lot of, of people to call and to talk, and when they introduce me, they they will talk about him, and that's perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. And they will they will say the things like the legendary, and I love you for it. The great. Mm -hmm. And I love you for it. I think that is awesome. But I remind people, too, that legends or people who are called great or whatever, they're just doing what they do. I, they don't even know it. Right. You know, they don't know it. They're, they're answering a call, uh, meeting a challenge, and they're moving on to the next thing. And 
he would be, his mind would probably not be able to wrap around um, the outpouring of love and support and that kind of thing, because he'll point out that he stood on the shoulders of many others before him, you know, mm -hmm. to get there. And, and, and that's the one thing about the greatness, you know, um, those things, the names even stick, Ryan, you know, some of the, mm -hmm. the men that had the nicknames that Chip gave them. Oh yeah. Oh you yeah. Know? And I'll see them now and they'll say, you know, and I, I recognize the eyes. I'm getting rid of names are going a little bit, but I recognize the right. eyes because you all left as boys, but you came back men. Right. You know, and you're going, do you, do you remember me? And I'm going, what, what did he call you? Give me the nickname again. <laughs> you know? What's your nickname? Yeah, Coach had one for you, yeah. Yes, he had one and it stuck. You know, they, they stick. Yeah. And they will tell me and I can tell them the story behind the nickname or share something with them. And I'm so right. grateful to be able, you know, to do that oh, yeah. because he cares so much for you all. Except for sometimes when I say, you know, I don't know whether I need to apologize or shake your hand. You know? <laughs> <laughs> One young man, I said that to him. I was over at Northside and he right. said, yeah, I, I played for Coach Malone or something, something, something. He said, do you remember me? And I, I remember a lot of them, but I didn't remember him. Right. And I said, well, honey, I said, tell me what he used to call you. He said, oh, he called me some of everything. <laughs> <laughs> I said, oh, God. But Coach, man, he was he was amazing. He was like he was able to use that gift because I remember playing people um, that we will play against. And like, say we would beat them, you know, especially like in the city, the Houston County, Northside, you yes. know, Robbins, Perry, you know, yes. and, and to talk to some of the players like afterwards and like, man, if we had Coach Malone, we would have beat y'all. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> <And> like, <laughs> you know, you hear stuff like that. And it's like, man, yes. if we would have had y'all's coach, man, we would have won that game just oh, because he was that good. And he put a standard and he held everybody to a standard like and to win as many games as he did with like. Nobody really yes. over, you know, the tallest player he probably ever had was six four. Like, right. <laughs> like nobody was tall. Yes. Yes. A whole bunch of football players that go over to play yes. basketball. You know, he was <laughs> he was doing all this and and winning games. So it was, um, you know, that was fun. Mm -hmm. That was always great. That's how you know he has a way of connecting with people, and he did a great job with that. So, well, thank you. I'm so I'm so happy that he did. And when they come back and call sometimes or talk with them and whatever. I can remember a, a former player called. He was in college at the time, and and when he answered the that flip phone, remember that flip phone? He never. Heard <laughs> yeah. And he answered that flip phone, and he said, "Well, it's good to hear from you, boy." And he talked to him a little while, and he said, "Now remember," and he told him some valuable little nuggets. He said, "Oh, and another thing." And so, Cheryl, he gets up and he walks out, and I'm watching him walk out past me. We're in the at the dinner table, and he walks and steps out on the patio. And I can't hear, so I get the TV controls and mute. <laughs> mute the TV. And I'm thinking, what is he talking about? What's going on? And he comes back in and he tells me that was whoever it was. And it was good to hear from him. And I said, baby, I'm so glad that they did that because, and that you are who you are, because if you were a jerk, they wouldn't have anything to do with you. They wouldn't, right. they wouldn't have anything to do with you. I said, but what, what were you talking about out on the patio? And he said, I just had to tell him something. I said, yeah, I get that. I get it. But what, what <laughs> And he said, he understood me. 
Because, you know, as an athlete, the girls are coming out the walls. They're coming out, you know, he said, and I just right. have to tell them a little something. But I sure never, I never got the full story on it. But right. you know, I, I love him for that. And, and I, you know, his grandfather named him Narleski. And nobody knows who Narleski is. Narleski, yeah. <laughs> Narleski. You know, Narleski. But Narleski means strong warrior. And he mm. definitely needed that in this journey. Um, from to renewed health from transplantation onto what we did after the transplant. So I guess we'll kind of go into chip away at heart disease. The the transition, of course, you see the chip the chip in away mm-hmm. and heart disease. The way we got that name, ironically, was after the transplant. When he had the transplant and we got home, so on that flip phone talking to the former. Uh, girls basketball coach from the rival team, Northside, Coach mm. Cassandra Wilson. Yeah, Coach and Wilson. Yeah. Coach Wilson. And they were talking and she was checking on him and, and just, you know, you know, making sure that he was doing well and that kind of thing. And at the end of the conversation, she said, well, I'm going to let everybody know that I talked to you and that Chip will be chipping away at heart disease. Mm. <laughs> and he pointed at that flip phone. He said, I got a name for a nonprofit organization and I, I had not heard the whole conversation, so I didn't know where we were going with it, but I knew right. knowing him forward was the direction. That was it. That we that were going. Hey, that was it. And then his famous saying, you know, if I have my name on it, you know it's gonna be done right. You know, he used to say that all the time. Yeah. Oh gosh. Oh, yeah. if my name is on it, Absolutely. you know it's gonna be done right. And it, it was too. Yeah, it always yes. was. So yes. can you tell us a little bit more about that? Okay. Um, in 2011, he started the foundation and what he wanted to do was, he thought was just in the Houston County schools, the high schools. He wanted to go and, and tell everybody the story. We couldn't let something like that happen with us in our lives and not pay that back. And so he says, well, I'm, I got to figure out how to go in the high schools. I think they'll let me do it. And in the meantime, he was writing a book. He wrote a book entitled a second chance and when he would go in and make presentations now he's not only in high schools he's at civic organizations and the question he would ask at the end of the presentation is now what would you do with a god-given second chance Mm -hmm. so with that second chance the first couple of years we had we already impacted 40,000 individuals 10,000 of those were high school students because you know, yeah. I would be the the publicist, and and I call around and say we have a high school coach that can come in and talk to your health class or your science class about heart disease and heart health and transplantation. And when they'd open the door, they'd open it wide, and they'd allow us to come in. and And we had our little show. You know, the other thing he would say all the time, Cheryl, too, was to be early is to be on time. Mm-hmm. Because if he said the bus was pulling out at four. <laughs> I got South Davis Drive. I got left one game because of that. I, I literally got left. I do remember being I, a cheerleader. And when Coach yes. Malone was, yeah, we were like, we, we, knew, we were going to Dublin. We knew and, to and, I got, and I got stuck by a train getting there. And oh, I, yeah. I was pulling in to Warner Robins and the bus was pulling out. It's, they still were in the parking lot, but he said, keep on going. Y'all he just going to have to follow me. Yeah. Keep going. And I feel so bad because we would be catching the exhaust of the bus in our car because we would follow him. Right. Follow yeah. the bus, right? 
And so I knew what was going on and I didn't know whether to look at the face of the student athlete or just look straight ahead. <laughs> I said, coach love me, man. I said, that bus is gone. It's gone. It it's ain't no gone. stopping. And we used to have a discussion about that. And one other thing I'd tell you about too, but we have a discussion about it. And he said, look, they're going to be men and heads of a household. They're going to have to get up and go work on time. They're going to have to pay their bills on time. There are things that they're going to have to do and, and they're going to have to have some structure. So right. he said, and, and me telling them that now is not going to mean anything to them. He said, but when they're thrown in that situation, and they are who they're going to have to be when they're going to be in that situation and they're going to have to support a mom and say, hey, 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 you don't talk to your mama like that. You know, right. he said, because they can't just say what, because the thing about it is, um, I used to talk to him about his language sometimes. <laughs> and, um, and, and when you have daughters and you have, you're telling your daughters there's a certain way because you hear people say, uh, my queen this, my queen that. But you must understand that in the presence of the queen, there's a certain language you have. You take on a certain different demeanor and that kind of thing. You're still supposed to be that person, you know, right. so that you have to alter it so much. If if the president walked into my kitchen here right now, we're coloring. He's welcome to get a coloring sheet, too, because I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm representing that. So I'm telling him you have to be careful of that because nobody will believe the lock, locker talk, that language, that locker does not happen at our house you know we don't right. do that in here and at the house and you can't you know but then you don't have anything to prove to anybody but you do want someone to understand where that respect lies it's like this it's whether the queen is wearing her crown at the time or not she still represents royalty and so right. we have to explain you know you know with girls there's certain things you know dads can make them prepared for and get them ready for those things out there, you know, because it's who it's coming from. They'll know mm -hmm. what to set their sights on when, you know, you're talking to your young ladies. But that rascal, when I went to the, um, I think we had a basketball banquet or something like that. And, you know, the players get to say their little piece after the awards and all. And this young man walked up and he said, yes. And Coach Malone said something to me. He's, and he touched his chest. He said, it, it, it went to my heart. <laughs> and I said, I know what he did. And he said, man, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> he, said, he said a couple things to me that straightened me out, but good. And he said, my, my wife is sitting there because he knew there's a certain way right. you know, that we want him, want people to approach him. That plus, I always looked at you all as my, my, my sons as well. You're young men there to do a job. And interestingly enough, I, I, I just I knew I had to take up for you sometimes. Right. <laughs> um, so, you know, he gets into the house and he's, he's still taking the whistle off around his neck. And he said, I'm late because we had to run. Somebody was late getting to practice. Does that sound mm -hmm. familiar? Yeah. So the team had to run. And I said, well, everybody except for first name, last name. And he right. said, oh, no, mm -mm, he ran, too. And I said. Well, that's not fair. And he said, well, what do I look like, Cynthia, sent, um, telling everybody to run except for first name, last name? And I said, well, he wasn't late. I, I can see it if he was late. And for some reason, I heard my mouth say, um, 
well, that's not fair. His mother and I would have something to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> and then he said, well, bring it, you know? And I, right. I said, and my brain said to my mouth, mm -mm, you're on your own. You should have consulted me before you said that, <laughs> you know, right. because I'm taking up form and I'm a part of this mm -hmm. and, I'm, and I'm and I'm sitting up watching film at two or three o'clock in the morning as well. Oh, that's, that's the kind of thing that 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 he would do and that he continued to do. It's the kind of the character of that individual. So when Dr. Struve told my husband in 1997, he said, Coach Malone, um, what are you going to do about that heart transplant? You see, I hadn't gone with him to the first two doctor's visits. He had gotten on medication and he found out that he was in trouble in 1997 for a physical. You know how you guys take the physical exam? Right, yeah. Go through that. Well, in 1997, Houston County mandated that not only the student athletes, but the coaches as well had to take the physical. Mm. And he found out his blood pressure was elevated and there was something going on with his glucose. Then when he goes to see the doctor twice, he has meds and he goes back to check the progress. I said, I invited myself. I said, well, I'll go with you. And he said, oh man, what? <laughs> I said, yeah, I'll, I'll go with you because you know our, our men had to remember, even though you're feeling well and he had never been sick a day in his life except for that knee injury, you still have to have well checks. You still have to go in and, and see the doctor and, and make sure that everything is going well on the inside. He had no idea that he was borderline diabetic, that he had heart concerns. That's what the doctor said. So when I sat there and he said, Miss Malone, I'm glad you're here. What do you <laughs> want to do about that heart transplant? I was devastated because I had not heard that news. Right. And I'm thinking and I was like, Pop, did you hear what he said? And he said, yeah, nobody's cracking my chest open. Is there anything else? <laughs> Practice begins at four. Oh man, wow. I didn't even know it. It dated back to to the nineties. I didn't even. Wow. Yeah, I thought that was just something that happened. You know, after I guess two thousand nine or something like that. Yeah, almost, almost. He was diagnosed in nineteen ninety seven. So that's what 12, 13, 14 years. It didn't manifest itself until after he retired. And that was in, in 09. We worked one more year because, you know, they tell us how to save because it's hard to save and make money and, and spend money and grow at the same time. But right. he was good at that. And he was able to take care of us then and continues to do so now. He was that's that awesome. mindset. So he he, we were saving money. He said, let's work one more year so we'll have enough money that we don't have to worry about what account it comes out of. We were about to travel. And in 2010, he walked in the door. So it's almost one year to the day after retirement. He walked in. And as we always did, when the garage door go up, we met each other at the door. Right. And I opened the garage door and he was using the tailgate of that red and black truck. To mm -hmm. come <laughs> the, the truck, the truck, the infamous truck. And yep. um, he was using the tailgate to come around. And I said, well, baby, what's wrong? He said, I just don't feel good. That was June of 2010. And I said, OK, let's let's figure out what this is, because from 97 to that time, 
I'm looking for the signs of something, but there, there were one or two signs that I didn't know. That's why awareness is important. He just totally passed out one day, mm-hmm. just passed out at home. Then he passed out once while he was working on the girls' softball field over at Warner Robins High School. And, and I saw his, the phone ring and I answered the phone and said, hey, babe, and it's Coach Arnett. Mm-hmm. And she said, sent. He's fine, but I want you to know, and she told me what was going on with him, that he passed out. What happens is the lack of oxygen to the brain, Mm. and and he he collapsed just on the spot. And so instead, what we did is what I tell people not to do. We self-diagnosed. We diagnosed it and said, well, must have been your glucose level dropping, you know, because it was it was always him talking about his sugar. He was so sweet. Right. Right. And my sugar must have dropped. I'm like, yeah, it might have. But that's probably, you know, whatever. I'm going to eat me a Milky Way in this little bite sized Milky Way. Oh, man. Self-diagnosing. We self-diagnosed for a while that he started off with Tom's, Rolaids, and then went to um, Docolax. We know what that is. Yeah. And and it's because of the sensation in the solar plexus, the, the bread basket, the solar plexus, which was really fluids. It was that the heart was not pumping hard enough to expel the fluids from his body. Mm. Oh, wow. That's step number one in June. Mm-hmm. Um, heart disease, we know, is the number one killer. Number one. Number five is stroke. A cardiovascular disease, and we use that term interchangeably with heart disease, Cardiovascular diseases are those diseases that cause blood restriction from throughout throughout the body. Um, if it's blockages or restrictions and, you know, like high cholesterol that's causing that blockage in the veins because of that tacky substance that just just develops in the arteries. Um, you have high cholesterol. We have high blood pressure. Um, the, the average the blood pressure should be 120 over 80. So if we know our numbers and we're somewhere around 130, 145 and over 92, 91, 100, we got to we got to keep uh, be aware of what our numbers are because they vary. And when we go to the doctor, ask when they tell you your blood pressure looks good, ask what it is or Mm -hmm. ask what it should be. Mm -hmm. Ask questions. We, We have to ask questions. We had no idea of the medical terminology. He'd never been sick. We had never been sick before. We were preparing to go on exotic and romantic trips. And all of a sudden we're in a hospital and they're saying your heart is enlarged and it's not pumping enough to get the fluids from your body. Mm. Now he's, he's swelling everywhere and, and his feet are not recognizable as feet because they're so engorged with fluids and the heart ain't happy. Mm. When the heart's not happy, none, none of our organs are, are happy. The awareness, what we do with chipping away at heart disease is the awareness. We, we started off in high schools and I still like to visit them when I can. Um, but due to the coronavirus, we're doing things a little differently. But we have hope for the heart. And we go in and talk with our elementary and high school students. We have four campaigns, four annual campaigns. And we start off with uh, Teams Against Heart Disease. He decided to do Teams Against Heart Disease after a presentation at Veterans. We're at Veterans High School. A young lady raised her hand and said she had had a heart attack. Mm. And we thought, what? 
And then the other young lady raised her hand. He says, we'll be back to you. He said, we have another hand, another question. She says, I don't have a question, but I have a pacemaker. Mm. We looked at Miss Fincher at the time. Marian Fincher was working right. at Veterans. And we looked at Miss Fincher and said, how old is, how old are these students? What grade is this? Ninth grade. Oh, man. So on the way home, we're thinking 14-year-olds don't or shouldn't have heart attacks. They do, but they shouldn't. What are we going to do? And Teams Against Heart Disease, they were, the students, the athletes, coaches, et cetera, would wear the red shoelaces. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, at halftime, he would talk about the statistics and try to give tips, preventive measures against heart disease. We um, transitioned that to coaches against heart disease this year. And the coaches all wore customized T-shirts that say coaches versus heart disease. And mm-hmm. Bibb and Houston County got together on that and, and it turned out to go very well. And I really kind of like that because um you know, our, our students are going to listen to that that voice, that coach, that motivation that comes from that individual. Um, after Teams Against Heart Disease and we go into February, Go Red Friday is always the first Friday in the month. Go Red for women because we want women to understand that heart disease is the number one threat to women. We take care of everything and everybody else right down to the sweater we wear before we go outdoors. We make sure everybody's got their right. coat and gloves. And then we'll run out to the car, <laughs> you know? Right. So we, we have to remember to take care of ourselves. And and I fight heart disease for, for myself and, and for you and others because mm-hmm. sometimes we neglect or we self-diagnose when we should not be doing that. So after Go Red for Women, we have the Hearty Laughs Comedy Show. This year, because of the pandemic and because of the the strain on our hospitals and our frontline workers, we decided to postpone that. And we have postponed it to May. In May, the month of May, is high blood pressure awareness and stroke awareness. We want people to understand uh, the trends for high blood pressure and what that's doing and weakening our, our arteries and what's happening to our bodies when we ignore that. And then we put the comedy show there, possibly that weekend of Mother's Day, we'll probably have something fun for the comedy show then. We're doing things a little different. And Mm -hmm. as you know, I'm more than just a car show, more than organized car shows, but the cardiac car show this year, 2021, will be the 10th annual Chipping Away Heart Disease Cardiac Car Show. And while we are there, we this past year registered over 100, 100 cars. I think we had 115 drivers to come from mm. across the state of Georgia. Um, we needed a parking lot stretcher, but um, it is an opportunity for our medical and, and business professionals to come in. And we have screenings over the speaker, the intercom. We have um, messages, tips for cardiovascular disease and heart awareness being announced as a public service announcement. We've got to get a grip on this. Um, I do also promote um, our awareness about organ and tissue donation. Had it not been for the uh, donor, the organ donor, and the unselfish act and love of their family, my husband would not have had the four and a half bonus years that we had. Right. You know, he's on a machine that's keeping him alive. The, mm-hmm. 
the biventricular assist device. Have you ever heard of that before? Uh, no, no, the but I, I definitely understand about transplants. Yes. Same, yeah. same with my dad. Yeah, with the liver. If it wasn't for that guy in Minnesota, yeah, he was able to live like an extra. Um, right. I forgot how many years extra, but Bye. you know. It, yeah, it was, it was, you know, that it really is important to be a donor. Um, it is definitely. very important, very important. And I'm so glad you said that because, you know, we have 100,000 people, 100,000 people on a waiting list for a life-saving organ. And, mm. and 64% of those are African-Americans. Mm. So, you know, it's just like with, with the VAD program, there is an LVAD that similar to the one that the former president um, Dick Cheney had. It's a bridge to transplantation. It helps that left ventricle function so that the, the body can get that blood flow that is so important, you know, right. with, with your coach. He was on the biventricular assist device, which meant both the ventricles were shot, the left and the right. Mm. So he was on this machine that had four garden sized tubes in the lower in the upper abdomen and into the original heart and it acted as his heart and had never been used at emory st joseph's you know mm. so while we were there for those 50 days and all these different things were happening and transitioning people would come in nurses would come in and say we don't know what's going on around here in this room but whatever it is we want to be a part of it god was doing some major awesome wonderful things and and we had scriptures healing scriptures throughout mm -hmm. the room you know and when we got ready to leave that 50 days later when we got ready to leave after that transplant he pulled from the wall the because i printed it out on the computer he pulled that list of scriptures folded it up and took it with him and those mm -hmm. scriptures are in the book he put those scriptures in in the book so that he could remind people you know, like you were saying about the uh, liver transplant, you know, we say it often. We say, take nothing for granted. And we right. mean it. We mean we take nothing for granted and we mean it. But when we have a definition of something, an encounter that we can uh, associate that with, it has a total different meaning for us. You know, and right. we do things anonymously and and ask people not to tell about it. We, we, we would help people and pay it forward and, and that kind of, we didn't want anybody to mention that. And then, you know, his thing was, what would you do with a God-given second chance? Mine, when I make presentations, my mantra is, you know, my, what will you do when adversity knocks at your door? How will you answer? You know, how, how will you answer? Definitely. We're going to leave all of those events in our description below and the website for Chipping Away Foundation, just so if somebody would like to donate or help out with those things that they can get more information there. And absolutely. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah definitely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This has definitely been something, you know, like, educating to us. Yeah, de well. very educating. Yeah. Yeah. This mm -hmm. is amazing. I am so happy to be, I have the opportunity to do this and to talk with you all and, 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 and share the, the goodness of God because had it not been for the Lord, he, the, the tapestry that I mentioned that he has woven has given me an opportunity now to know who the donor family is. We were, we were not um, privy to that information. And just this past December, she reached out and, um, you know, passed double click. Yeah. You got me, you know, but I, she found right. us and 
I'm so thankful for that opportunity. Yeah, That's awesome. That yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Well, before we leave, we kind of just want our, one of the last things that we do like to ask, is there anything, this whole thing was encouraging, really. Right, yeah. But if there was any last words that you would like to say to our listeners, just an encouraging word for them. The encouraging word. <laughs> Romans 8 and 28 says, and we know. It's, it's important that we know ourselves, that we don't deny ourselves the things that we need to have to be healthy. You cannot put a price tag on being healthy. It's the things we know. I know there's some things that happen to us. Life happens and there's some things in our past, but the direction that we're going is forward and it is for those, the good, the good things that will happen to us. So let's make sure that we know who we are and not be deterred to make that move, be motivated to move. Heart disease in February, is Heart Awareness Month, but heart health is important every day. That's right. That's amazing. Well, thank you. Uh, we appreciate you for jumping on the show. You know, it's very encouraging. Encourage us to do better and and to and take care of our bodies better. Because you know, you can have all the riches in the world, but you know, it doesn't mean anything. Um, like right. Solomon was saying in the Bible, like everything's gonna leave one day. And um, yeah. while we're here, healthy on earth, be able to tell others about Jesus. And if you're listening right now and would like to know more about Jesus, we will also have links in the description below just to tell you a little bit more about Jesus and what steps to take to start a relationship with him. And I love you both. Thank you so much again for this opportunity. Call me. Yes. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Thanks for listening. We love you guys. Peace. Mm-hmm.